Hello my friends, uh, this is Alex. Welcome to Socialism Survival Podcast number 75. In this show, I've decided to talk about ministers of the New World Order. I've been looking into this for a while, and the more I find out, the more disturbing it looks for me. If you do not understand what I mean saying ministers of New World Order, keep listening and you will exactly know what I am talking about. I will return to the subject after my traditional virtual housekeeping and community organizing. Please visit my website at socialismsurvival.com You will find there all my previously recorded podcasts, my blogs, forum, which is still needs a kick, and many ways to connect with me over the internet, like Google Friends Connect, Facebook, Twitter. You even can call me and leave a message. You can call from my website using Google Voice feature in right top corner of site's main page. If you prefer using email, you can send your message to podcast at socialismsurvival.com. While on my website, check out recommended books section. But whether you buy books or not, if you proceed from there to Amazon and purchase something else, anything you need, Amazon will pay me for directing traffic to them and it will help little bit to pay for the show expenses like hosting domain you know that the same way it works with walmart links you will find on the socialismsurvival.com website you can help to boost my podcasts and website in online ratings and search engines by linking to it from your sites and blogs and by rating and commenting on iTunes, Microsoft, Zoom, and other places. Of course, old proven methods like word of the mouth are appreciated. Sharing information about this podcast personally with your relatives and friends will not only boost its popularity, but what is more important, will give them the same access you have to the unique, unprecedented Insider information about socialism. In Soviet Union, there were two categories of believers. Those who cooperate with Soviet Communist Party and government and those who declined to bow down to the evil atheistic religion and decided to stay in underground, hiding from KGB bloodhounds. Russian Orthodox Church was full of KGB agents in Cossacks who spied on each other. When Soviet delegation had to travel abroad, like religious delegation, to religious conferences, international conventions, and so on, 
they were spying also on representatives of their own and other confessions and sometimes even were used as undercover agents against other countries. Protestant churches such as Baptists and Pentecostals were divided on unionized or registered, I will use this word uh, during this podcast, and unregistered. Registered churches were part of state-controlled religious union and had some privileges in exchange for loyalty to the socialist system. Here, some of their privileges. They were allowed to build and maintain their own church buildings. Or they could get the piece of land and to build the building on that land and call that their own for the services or their meetings. Next, they were not persecuted for their faith, unlike their unregistered brothers and sisters. They were permitted to conduct open-air ceremonies, such as water baptism and others. Their members did not suffer from searches conducted by the Soviet militia, which also means that their Bibles, songbooks, tapes with sermons and other religious items were not confiscated. Next, they were allowed to publish Bibles, other religious books and materials for distribution inside their union. It's interesting that when we had searches in our houses because we belonged to underground when militia would find the bible published by that union they would not take it but if they would find bible published overseas they would confiscate it next only their leaders were allowed to represent soviet religious organizations on international level their children were treated better in schools and had more chances to study in universities. They had more opportunities to get high-paying jobs. Their young men were better treated in Soviet army. Unlike me, you know my story if you listened to the previous podcasts. And they could serve in other military units besides construction battalion. But for these and other privileges, they had to do the following to prove their loyalty to ungodly socialist regime. They had to report to state council for religious affairs whenever old members left their church or new members joined, providing detailed information about members, such as names, addresses, family size of those who came or left. 
They had to present detailed financial report, including offerings, amount, and how it was used. They had to spy and inform on friends from unregistered churches and their underground services. They had to promise not to preach their religion outside their religious building. So we didn't have freedom of speech, as you can see. They had to praise Soviet socialist regime in the mass media and while traveling abroad to represent Soviet reality as instructed by KGB, denying the existence of any persecution for faith in the USSR. Their children had to conform to Soviet school requirements, such as participation in a youth communist party structure of Octoberists, pioneers and Komsomol, and wearing symbols of it, like a red five-pointed star, with Lenin picture inside, red pioneer tie, and beige of pioneer and Komsomolets. They had to not to confront socialist atheist agitators during their anti-religious speeches in schools and workplaces. They had to participate in Soviet elections that didn't have any meaning because there was only one worthy candidate appointed by who? Communist Party, of course. Soldiers who were members of such churches had to take an oath of allegiance to the Soviet homeland when being drafted in the Soviet army, something that I refused. I never did. Praise God. Well, both lists of privileges and obligations could be continued. These registered churches and other officially recognized religious organizations, yes, even Muslims or whatever, like I already told you about Russian Orthodox Church, they were often infiltrated by KGB agents. Of course, if you know that the ultimate goal of Soviet Union's existence was creation of the new world ruled by socialists, then you will understand that those church ministers who signed registration papers or those members who took the oath of allegiance to their Soviet motherland actually identified themselves with the new socialist world order. Those of us who refused to compromise our faith by not signing registration with Soviet government, those who refused to swear allegiance to Soviet Union endured heavy Many of us could not withstand the rigors of torture and died as martyrs for their faith. Many of us who survived were traumatized or disabled for life. Yes, it's good to be alive, but knowing that the ghost of communism 
called socialism is still wandering not now not only in Europe but also in America is absolutely unpleasant fact for me but even more than that knowing that even now in 21st century there are so-called ministers who are in fact zealous servants of the new world is a very very troubling fact more and more i hear famous preachers talking like if they are not the servants of christ but of the new age religious mix which is in the core of the new world order whether the world new means new world or new order doesn't really matter there is nothing new in it as i already cited in one of earlier uh, podcasts from the international communist anthem called international that also in its soviet version was the national anthem of the ussr from 1922 to 1944. I want to remind it to you again. Here it is. The words of this song. We will destroy this world of violence. Down to the foundations and then we will build our new world. He who was nothing will become everything of course you know nothing never can become everything but doesn't it sound familiar to you oh yeah first according to their socialist textbooks they must bring destruction and create chaos and then they will build their new world look at the Soviet history and you will see every time the alternations of man-made chaos and promises of order. Lenin and his company used chaos that was already in Russia, expanded it and grabbed the power, promising new world of order to the fooled Russians and other surrounding nationalities. Gorbachev's perestroika came in the midst of economic and political chaos. Today we see enormous consolidation of power in the same socialist hands amidst great chaos. And new world preachers with their new world, new age religion are here too, confirming their secretive registration with their own words listen to this conversation between you know those people robert schuller and billy graham tell me what do you think is the future of christianity i think everybody that that loves christ or knows christ whether they're conscious of it or not, they're members of the body of Christ. 
And that's what God is doing today. He's calling people for, out of the, the world for his name, whether they come from the Muslim world or the Buddhist world or the Christian world or the non-believing world. Uh, they are members of the body of Christ because they've been called by God. They may not even know the name of Jesus, but uh, they know in their heart that they need something that they don't have, and they turn to the only light that they have, and I think that they are saved, and that they're going to be with us in heaven. This is fantastic. And I'm so thrilled to hear you say that. There's a wideness in God's mercy. Fantastic? Really? Is it so fantastic? Are you so thrilled to hear it? I remember when there was still hardline Soviet regime, when many Soviet Christians were still in prisons. Billy Graham was the only great world evangelist who was allowed to come and preach in Soviet Union. I see clearer picture now, knowing that in fact he and Soviet regime were both on the same path to the new world. Later, during 1988 celebrations of 1000 years of Russia baptism, I had a chance to sneak into a closed meeting of Billy Graham with the leaders of registered Baptist church in the Ukraine. It looks like politically he played on both sides. I think that in his earlier years he might have been more sincere believer, who knows, and as I've heard, opposed communism. But somewhere during frequent encounters with this world's elite, he got caught on the new world ecumenical hook. I understand that many here in America would not like hearing it, thinking I am attacking their religious icon. But that's not what I'm doing. I'm not talking here about whether pagans from the jungles or even Billy Graham himself will be saved. Let God decide that part. There are more big preachers that lately signaled big red light with their own messages and affiliations that would definitely alarm any open-minded person. Also, I'm not talking here about charlatans like Peter Popov, if somebody remembers him, or like Mike Mordak that I see sometimes on TBN, whose business is making money on gullible people. I'm saying about cases when it is obvious that we met yet another minister of the new world order. You need to deeply and prayerfully analyze their messages in order to understand that they are preaching more than just the Bible. And the Russians are saying, tell me who is your friend 
and I will tell you who you are. It works here too. And I don't think they are naive or misspoken. Here is Rick Warren and his association with Obama's inauguration. You have to pay attention to what this man says and you will not be happy if you really love God. Here is Joel Austin with his sugar-coated, twisted gospel. And you can see and hear what he said on the YouTube. Then there is another week, also a very famous minister, I will leave it for you to guess, with his association with the Knights of Malt. Can you imagine that? I couldn't believe when I found it. But then I found on his website explanation and justification of him to be a part of Knights of Malt. My hair stand on its end when I hear it all. How you can justify taking part in a secretive organization that was with crusaders who captured Jerusalem and burned Jews alive in a synagogue. Group that has exceptional representation in the United Nations another socialist organization. Yes, I'm talking about Knights of Malta, organization that issues its own traveling documents, recognized internationally, and they used its exclusive status to smuggle out from Germany Nazi butchers, saving them from inevitable punishment after World War II. And the list can go on and on. Again, it's not my primary goal to talk about particular people. Otherwise, I could name a lot of names, but it's not about their names. But rather, I'm using them as an example to watch the warning signs so you could avoid of being caught. It doesn't matter if there is only one drop or one spoon of poison in your glass with juice. You will still die. In fact, the more dangerous is the glass with one, only one drop of poison. Because such small amount will not show any warning signs, such as changing color or smell. And it will probably be unnoticeable and taste the same as pure juice. I know around us there are some true ministers of God who live modest lives and are an example of following Christ's commandments. But they are few. Many are using the name of the Lord in vain. Matthew 7.21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven 
Yes, God gave to everyone the opportunity to repent, even to those ministers, in quotes, who are deceiving others. But it is most of the time too hard for someone who reached certain level of riches, recognition and fame to lower himself down even before the Lord. Like he said in another passage, Gospel of Mark 10.25, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Whether you think about the actual needle or somebody says there were the gates that were so narrow and low that camel had to lower on his knees and crawl, literally crawl with all luggage into the city of Jerusalem. Doesn't matter. In the context, we can see that the young man he was talking to before was not only rich, but self-righteous, who thought in his own mind that he is just okay. I know, personally know, few rich people who are simple and humble before the Lord. But most of the time, those who have a lot think of themselves as the elite. And they are in some way forced to join the secret ruling elite. Otherwise, they will be among those so-called rich that this elite will direct the rage of the mob against. Did you notice who talk the most against the rich? The rich. Yes, they're talking. Yes, that's what it is. The rich who are in the New World Order Club are pushing the mob's anger against the rich who refuse to join the club. Like the registered ministers in Soviet Union who compromised their faith for some privileges and protection. It happens the same here and now with those ministers who are joining the New World Order Club. Thank you for listening to this podcast. God bless you and God bless America. Our home, sweet home. Until the next week, when you will hear again the voice of the common sense, your socialism survival host, Alex 